Good evening. Welcome, everybody, to another uh, jaded interview. And today uh, it's going to be Kevin and Al. And we got uh, we got one hell of a guest today, a guy that I'm pretty excited to be chatting with. We got the one and only Jock Sampson. Jock, how are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm sitting out here in my garage. I've been out here tankering all afternoon, uh, you know, changed some headlights on the truck. And thank God I didn't have to take the whole rear end off of it to uh, change one light bulb or take it to the shop because they're the only ones that got enough uh, tools to take it off for a $300 bill. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. How y'all doing? <laughs> doing great. Doing great, man. I'm, uh, I said, I am excited to, uh, to be chatting with you today, man, because I think uh, all three of us have uh, have a pretty common thread, and that is the uh, the love of wrestling and the love of classic wrestling, man. And I've been I've been kind of watching watching your stuff, and and uh, I, I really I really dig what you're doing out there, and I and I, I'm really connecting with uh, with your stuff, man. You, you come across as just being genuine and somebody that you know a guy like me, and I think a guy like Al, we really get behind, man, because 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 watching you go out there, watching watching you you work, watching your promos. I mean, to me, you're, you're, you're a little bit of a throwback and I love that. So uh, can you tell me kind of how, how you developed into, into what you're doing, man? Well, um, well, I've been wrestling my 16th year will begin October 30th. So I, you know, I'm over a thousand, I'm almost 1170 matches. Um, and I just, you know, you, you know, I've been watching wrestling ever since I was, I believe I was eight, seven or eight years old. And as I uh, grew up, you know, I'm 41 years old and I grew up watching, you know, uh, WWF and, you know, of course, 605 WTBS. But when I was a kid, we had a, uh, uh, my mom used to go get like a Saturday night. She'd say, let's go get some pizzas and, uh, you know, and go down to the video store, the VHSs, and get some, you know, 99-cent movies. You know, and I'd go, you know, because I'd stay up on Friday nights and watch uh, USA Up all night with Rhonda Shearer. <laughs> Rhonda Shearer. Yeah. Nothing to do with looking at her legs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I was, I was into, like, generic, crappy movies like Critters and... Uh, Tremors. Yeah. Tremors, killer clowns from outer space, nice. you know, stuff like that. But I'd go in there and get movies, and and I looked up and I see the video of uh, a big monster man looking down at another monstrous man, and it was the WrestleMania three VHS. It was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And ever since I saw that. I realized that uh, that's what I wanted to do for a living when I grew up. And I basically based my whole career off of guys from the eighties and, the, and then the nineties. Um, hang on one sec. Hey, Linda, Linda, go get my damn liquor bottle. I'm talking old wrestling here. Can you go get my damn liquor bottle out of the, it's in the goddamn fridge. I'm my liquor bottle. Sorry, guys, I can't take it anywhere. I'm, I'm, low, I'm low on my whiskey here, and you know, I have to, I ran out of my ginger ale, but uh, can't get good health anywhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> we ain't gonna hit nobody with that damn liquor bottle, woman. <laughs> so, 
I've tried to base my entire career off of guys that, from that era because I feel like that's the way it should be presented. Mm-hmm. It's from the era. Like, I'm the biggest Midnight Express fan. Like, uh, Midnight Express, Jim Cordette, their styles. And I like the fact that guys would tell stories Yes. With what they were doing in there. I like feuds. I like beef. Everyone likes a feud. When we were going to growing up in school, when you knew two guys were going to fight, mm-hmm. you were excited about it. And mm-hmm. you knew they had beef and you were excited like hell to go see them whoop each other's ass. Oh yeah. You know, you don't have a lot of that anymore now. You just got a bunch of uh uh very athletic guys that are very talented, and I'll give them that. Um, it's not my cup of tea. But, you know, if I had the chance to go to a strip club in Las Vegas or go watch Cirque Cir- du Soleil, I'm going to the strip club because that's the kind of guy I am. Right. I'm a meat and potatoes fella. I ain't doing right. no damn front flips. I ain't doing yeah. no backflips for no reason. Right. You know, if I want to do backflips, I'll go swimming and jump <laughs> off the boards. <laughs> so your, your first exposure to, to wrestling was that, that WrestleMania three VHS. And you got, I mean, you got, George the Animal, obviously you got Hulkster and Andre, you got uh, Randy and, and Steve Boat. I mean, that's that's such a variety for your first for your first dive into it. I mean, how many did you wear that tape out in the two days you had it? I probably watched it two or three times, and I didn't even get to the other the other tapes. Wow, yeah. And it was uh, and. And where I grew up, we didn't get the pay-per-view. We just could get it because I, I live in southeast. I grew up in southeastern Ohio. I still live in southeastern Ohio. It's the poorest area, one of the poorest areas in all the United States. Southeastern Ohio is desolate. Joey Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner, is from the same county as I am, and he raised like over $500,000 for the food bank here because we're so damn poor. Wow. I mean, desolate poor. And – uh so we didn't get VHS, so I had to wait for – I knew what happened, but I had to wait for the VHS to come out so I could watch it over and over again. Sometimes I'd pay three bucks so I could get it for three days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just so I could watch all the stuff. And, and I was always attracted to the guys that, that were charismatic and who could talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, It's just, you know, there was something about it that you made me interested before you did a damn thing inside the ring. There's something to say about that skill. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, I mean, from what I've seen of your stuff, man, it's something that you, you definitely seem to possess. I watched, uh, I watched uh, uh, you, you cutting a promo in the ring on, uh, I want to say it was LPW. If I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there, but there was a, there was a gentleman that came up to the side of the ring. And one of the best lines I've heard in a long time, you said, you're going to hit him so, so hard. He might be able to read again. <laughs> well, if that's LPW, it's talking about Fremont, Ohio. I might have been doing the guy a favor. I like that place very much because they had a VFW in walking distance where I could go drink before the show. I get my load on. So I got to tolerate some stinky ass motherfuckers. <laughs> well, Jock, I've, I've recently. Uh, became aware of you through the turnbuckle tavern boys and yeah. that interview had me rolling. I was like, I've got to have more of this guy in my life. I've got to find out more because I've, I've gotten to know those guys through Twitter. And like Kevin, I've done a lot of research 
watching some of your promos, I mean, you you cut the promo on the wife the other day in the pool, and I was just rolling. I'm showing my wife on the phone, like, look at this. This is great. And she's like, if you do that to me, I'm going to smack you. I was like, okay. <laughs> but, well, as you can see, that's how we actually talk to each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing, though. Like Kevin said, you're a genuine, and that's one of the things that the art of selling is lost on wrestling today in a lot of ways. Um you mentioned the Midnight Express. You know, I live in Huntsville, Alabama, home of beautiful Bobby Eaton, that I've ran into Bobby a handful of times and just the nicest human being. And I'm just like, people hated you back in the day, you know, because of the person you were, the heel wrestler that you were. But you could not ask to meet a nicer guy. But back to watching your videos and kind of inundating myself the past few days, when I mentioned it to Kevin that, hey, would we ever consider interviewing Jock Sampson? I've listened to this Turnbuckle Tavern interview like two or three times already, and I'm just dying. Like this guy is, I feel like that's somebody that we would enjoy interviewing. And as I inundated myself with you, I've got to ask you about the entrance, the Ronnie Millsap. Like, how does it feel to have that crowd just in the palm of your hands as soon as that music hits? Well, that's a credit to Ronnie Millsap. I mean, he's one of the greatest country music singers of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean. Um, you know, I, I pick my theme music out because, well, I'm a country guy. There, this ain't no game, you know. I wear a cowboy hat to the ring, but you know, I'm wearing I'm wearing my camo Crocs right now. I'm sitting here drinking my twenty five dollar bottle of liquor, and oh, yeah. and uh, I'm just a, a country. You know, I'm a hick, man. I'm not a redneck. Everyone thinks I'm a redneck, but I'm a hick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ronnie Millsap, it just don't get any better than that. But these kids today come out to this scream and kill your parents music. This, this god awful scream metal shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get it. Like, like, are they? I mean, at least the bands in the 1980s that did heavy metal, you know, could fight. These little skinny, skinny jean looking pieces of shit out there mm-hmm. screaming about their daddy, not giving them a hug. <laughs> I mean, it's either rap or scream metal. And then I have people come up to me and they're like, I hate your theme music. It sucks. Well, you know what sucks? You suck physically. Yeah. Like, if you don't like Ronnie Millsap, it, it, you know, it just fits me. It has a great, you know, crescendo, great opening. Well, the, you know, I am the stranger. What's yeah. that? Well, the first match I watched was with you and RJ City. And when you hit the side of that ring, and bust open the the satin jacket on that crescendo. I was like, that crowd, like he has them. They're all locked in on Jock. Like there's nothing. Like he's he's controlling the ebb and flow. And that's to me one of the things that made the '80s wrestling great was that those guys would have that crowd eating out of their hand. And well, you do the oh, same yeah. thing. That's what I appreciate. <laughs> your your style. <laughs> and I was a big fan of theme songs. Oh yeah. Um, like, I couldn't imagine wrestling without the theme songs. You know, I grew up at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't realize how big theme songs are now. But can you imagine the Ultimate Warrior without theme music or Hogan or any of these guys? Can you imagine, like, when you hear Hawk Hogan's theme song, do you not, like, put your hand to your ear? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to tear my shirt open. I'm ready to <laughs> leg drop somebody. You know, that's the. <laughs> oh, Yeah. We actually we we discussed we discussed theme music not too long ago on an episode, 
And uh, one of the one of the things I made note of is that modern day theme music is is miserable. It's yes, terrible. It doesn't it doesn't do anything to help out the character. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't, when you heard Warriors music, you could see him every time, no matter you were watching or not. You could see him in your head running, you know, running to the ring. Hogan, same thing. Macho, yeah. same thing. Mister Perfect, same thing. And what we get now is I hear voices in my, and it's just, it's just horrible. It just, it, it doesn't do anything to help out the character. And I, I made the point that I think Degeneration X's music was the start of the decline of, and it's one of the most memorable songs, but it started that decline in, in Engine's music. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts there? Well, I like, you know, I kind of like the DX's and Randy Orton's is fine. I mean, it's all, it's okay. I mean, for the most part, but then you get some of this stuff today and it's wah, wah, pop punk, scream metal BS that doesn't have any heart. Like this music today don't have any heart. Like um, the music has to fit. Could you imagine if Hillbilly Jim came out to something like Metallica or something? It wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Work. Like, why would somebody from the country come out to rap? Right. Unless you're doing that Billy Ray Cyrus stuff, and that <laughs> may work, but but it's got to make sense. And the thing is, these guys today don't get a pick or a choice about what they get, what they're doing. Like the ones on WWE, they don't get a choice. Mm-hmm. There it is. Here's your stuff. This is who you are. You know. What and you secondly, think? you were saying characters, like mm-hmm. characters in wrestling. Um, the problem is, is there's not like, I don't look at myself as a character, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, this is me. Mm-hmm. Um, we got too many people that ain't themselves, right? Like, you know, what's your care? I hate that. What's your character? What's your character? I'm like, I don't know. I'm Jock Sampson. Mm-hmm. Hell's that got to do with anything. Right. You know, I'm, I'm the guy here to, I'm, I'm here to have sex with your wife. <laughs> right. I mean, but I don't get the uh, like. There's too many guys trying to be something that they ain't. Mm-hmm. Who knows more about what you're doing than yourself? You should be you. You mm-hmm. is what you're the best at. Even if it's boring, mm-hmm. it's still you. It's genuine. Like you should use your own words mm-hmm. when you cut a promo. It shouldn't be like a script. It shouldn't be someone telling you what to say. They should give you a brief synopsis what to say, but you should be all in all yourself out there cutting, talking to shit. Yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to ask was that, like, with the smack talk and everything like that, well, promos in general for you, uh, because, as you said, characters are one thing in wrestling right now, but the best version of yourself is you turned up to 11, and that's all of the, I guess, inputs, you know, of commentators you know podcasts that they say that about wrestlers that it's your true self turned up you know and enhanced like that makes you the best wrestler the best you know gimmick so to speak but as far as you know when it comes to cutting promos on somebody where did you learn that like I played football I played basketball in high school and there was a lot of kind of jaw jacking in the locker rooms and things like that you know did you grow up I mean, was that one of the things that you did, like from sports, from friends, you know, just busting <laughs> each other's chops? That oh, know. oh yeah. If, if you're a friend of mine, I have a group with four. I have a, a text group with four or five of my buddies. 
and we just motherfuck each other all day long. Okay. I mean, you know, hey, you piece of shit, how you doing? Just fucking awful. Say awful things to each other. Just motherfucking each other left and right. It's just kind of what it is. One of my favorite movies of all time is White Men Can't Jump. Oh, yeah. Just because they just nonstop talking shit. And I love talking shit, man. Like when I when I played high school football, I was talking shit. <laughs> I wouldn't do it like Chris Paul was trying to do it under his breath where he got shoved last night. Right. But I'm talking shit like motherfucker, I'm going I'm going to fuck your girlfriend after the game. <laughs> or yeah. our favorite is is we'd come up to the line and say, Hey, we're gonna run the ball here. Mm-hmm. Quarterback sneak, everybody. Mm-hmm. Stop it. We, we'd score on them. You pussies couldn't even, you know, stop it. With You know, mm-hmm. just love talking shit. It's who I am naturally. Like, uh, I will nonstop talk shit to people 24-7. If I like you a lot, mm-hmm. and it may not sound like it, but it's going to be nonstop shit talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have friends that that's one of the things that if – they're cutting you down if they, you know, there may be a group chat with myself and Kevin and the other jaded boys where we might ag each other on about, you know, I could, I could spark Kevin right now and say Bob Backlund was a mediocre champion and Kevin might go. Well, take it easy, motherfucker. That's, uh, <laughs> those are fighting words. So that... <laughs> uh, because I'm a big Bob Backlund fan, man. 2000. 135 days as champion. Something, something has to be said for that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> good. I still say it was he was a placeholder for 2001. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess they needed Bruno and, and uh, Zabisco to help fill up Shea Stadium, but that's that's none of my business. Right, right. <laughs> You got a point. I mean, you got a point. I, I, I won't now, let you on that. Now, Bob Backlund, heel Bob Backlund is some of the best. Yeah. But you're from Minnesota. Bob Backlund, howdy duties from Minnesota. Yep. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, you're probably all over on, on Brock Lesnar and, and the, the Ganyas. The, uh, not, not as much. Not as much. Um, I don't mind. I mean, obviously, I don't mind Brock Lesnar. I, I I, I enjoy his wrestling style, uh, but Bob Backlund, I mean, it's, it always seems like he gets overlooked and it seems like every generation starts overlooking another generation. And mm-hmm. it's, I like, it's important to remember oh, yeah. generations past and, and Bob Backlund, I mean, a lot of people are going to remember him for his, his new generation, you know, that, that run that he had. And, and I loved great, it. Great, great program with Bret Hart. Great program. He had a lot of great work. But the man did hold the belt for 2,135 days. And I think that it's important for people to remember that he carried the company for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did. I mean, he was, he didn't draw like Bruno or Hogan or Austin, but he drew well enough because even though he did was promised, he was promised the belt by event senior. Ben Senior's not going to keep him there if he's not drawn. So, I mean, that's just a, a matter of taste. Like, whatever you like. I mean, you know, I like I like tomatoes. Some people don't. Yeah. yeah. Would it be, do you, in your mind, would it be fair to compare him as um, essentially that generation's Bret Hart? 
No, because I would care. I would I would compare him more to um, uh, Dory Funk and the Brisk Dory Funk Jr. and the Briscoes. He would have been more of he would have been a great NWA champion in the in the late sixties, early seventies. He would have he would have fit right in that mold because that was the style that they were working, and I just think the fact that he was Irish when they were trying because they had Bruno who was Italian, they had Pedro who was who was uh, Puerto Rican. Um, they were trying to get along that that road because it was such a melting pot in NYC mm-hmm. that they were trying to give something for everybody. Mm-hmm. You had Chief J. Strongbow. I know that's going to be unpopular with a lot of people today, but, you know, back in the 1970s, I mean, if you didn't have Bruno San Martino, Chief J. Strongbow was the man. Yep. F- F- ethnic champions were uh, were glorified as they should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but that's, I think that's what they were trying for. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, to get fan bases and like – you know, we've already bragged. I mean, I'm so excited. Like I, I went looked at the the pages you had and everything. Again, I'm I'm, I'm trying not to mark out right now. I've ordered my Jock Samson <laughs> shirt. That All right, thank you. I'm super excited. Uh, it's the one where uh, it's the you've got the half shirt on. And it said, "I don't." You people mean nothing to me, and I'm just like the cowboy hat, the sunglasses. That's just uh, good stuff. But that's one of the things. It seems like a lot of the, you know, the genuineness and selling and true wrestling used to make so many fans, like diehard fans, like the three of us talking right now. We we saw some of the greatest eras of wrestling, my opinion, that's ever existed. You know, I know you talked about it on the Turnbuckle Tavern, like Hulk Hogan and Andres what put 93,000 people in the seats. Yeah, you know, there's there's great matches on that card, but that was the one that everybody had to see because of the characters. They were larger than life, that they were genuine and yeah. had, you know, sold, made wrestling. And today there's not as many genuine people, so you're not going to get lifelong fans. You get these smart marks that want to see the flip-flop and fly and be entertained for, you know, 20 minutes or something, all high spots. And it, it loses something on me because – you know, finishers aren't finishers anymore. You know, when Jake the Snake used to DDT people, it was over. Like that person, you put them in the morgue, it's done. <laughs> you know, but oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Is care of it. So so you said that you're coming up on 16 years in the business. 16 years. Yeah. So how from from when you started to where you are now, how has your style uh, evolved? How has your style changed, or has it? I don't think my style has changed because, uh, as you said, I meat and potatoes. You know, I punch people. I don't do anything flashy whatsoever. My finishing move is a running elbow drop. Um, I'm all I, – I talk trash the entire time. I just beat someone's ass. I mean, that's exactly what I do. I don't do anything flashy. I know, I know there's some – there's some guy sitting in a basement right now going, oh, that shit's fucking boring. Oh, I, I can't believe he's not trying to fucking land on forks and, and a burning fucking hammer. 
You know, some guy's fat ass fuck sitting in his mama's basement eating hot pockets and drinking Mountain uh, or Code Red Mountain Dew, looking like a fat piece of shit. Mm-hmm. That's you know, never taken a bump in their life. Never taken a bump in their life. <laughs> this shit hurts. You've you've uh, you've you've wrestled. I mean, some of the uh, some some of my favorites. I mean, I, I heard uh, Honky Tonk Man, Greg the Hammer. Like, I don't, these are legends, right? These are Hall of Famers. Uh, I mean, a guy like Honky Tonk Man. I mean, I got to see him wrestle live a couple of times. Got to meet him. What is? I mean, what is that like? Being because I'm guessing that you you probably coming up. Those are guys that you probably looked up to. So, how, what is that situation like being? It's an honor. I mean, it's a more of an honor to beat them, but uh, it's an honor to to get to share the ring with them. I mean, the imagine wrestling the honky tonk man. I mean, he's been in the ring with Hogan and Macho and Greg the Hammer, Jeff Jarrett. I got to mess with Terry Funk. Man, you know, I mean, I never in my wildest dreams would have ever believed that I would have ever had that opportunity. Yeah. And I can't even remember. I I've worked so many. I can, I, it's easier for me to remember the guys that I never got to wrestle. Like I, my, my goal is to wrestle Jerry to King Lawler. I've never gotten that. The boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant, who I'm a big oh. boogie woogie fan. Oh yes. Um, and I, he's, he's actually having his last match, but we'll see. We'll see yeah. Jimmy. He's been retired. It's like Terry Funk in retirement, <laughs> you know, but, uh, to get to share the ring is an honor with these guys that I grew up watching, but to beat them, that's feather in my cap. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So what, I mean, you got, you got some big matches coming up from what I understand yep. as well, man. Tell, tell me a little bit about what you got, what you got on the horizon here. Well, I, I think everyone probably knows about me wrestling Danhausen right now and his stupid jar of fucking teeth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll I'll give this guy credit. This is July 16th in Charleston, West Virginia at the Quantum Sports Pro Wrestling Conquest. This is a wrestling company, people, that is taking over the state of West Virginia. West Virginia wrestling has been boring as fuck for a long time now. Um, It's the same 20 guys working for five promotions and, and everyone drawing 100 fans. Pro Wrestling Conquest coming in trying to be different. Um. They're drawing big crowds now. We're getting three, four, five hundred people. Getting crowds are getting bigger each time, and that may not sound a lot, sound like a lot to a lot of folks, but we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So we're bringing Danhausen in, who got over by talking. I don't know how many people's actually seen him wrestle in a ring. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you got to respect that. Mm-hmm. The fact that it, he got famous by not taking a bump. Yeah, that's freaking insane. But we got this big match. I got all these people coming in from five or six states uh, just to see this match. They did an article in the Charleston Gazette down in Charleston, West Virginia, uh, about it. It's funny. They put a picture of me flipping the fucking bird in the the goddamn newspaper. (laughs) I don't know who fucking missed that oversight, but I'm sure someone getting their ass whipped when they get to work whenever that popped out. They said, how this motherfucker got his middle finger out? So I don't understand do you, it, but whatever. Do you see this, do you see this coming in as a I mean, because this is this is your kind of your your home promotion with your with your in your town, your fans coming in, and it, it seems at least that they're kind of painting the picture that you're you're the bad guy. And, and Dan Housen's coming in with all this fanfare. I mean, 
if I were you, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to put something on his ass based on that alone. Well, I, I never understood why people think I'm a bad guy. I mean, I, I'm straightforward. Well, I guess they probably think I'm a bad guy because I tell them, everyone wants to hear what you think until you tell them what you think. And then all of a sudden their buttholes pucker up where you couldn't fit a grease BB in the son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> I mean, they they want truth, and also the fact that I'm country people. I mean, the modern wrestling fans don't like country people. They don't like guys like me because they they associate me with a lot of other uh, bad stereotypes. I'm a country guy that minds my own goddamn business. Mm-hmm. They don't like the fact that I hunt and I fish, and they hate that. But maybe I hate the fact that they're lazy as fuck and don't have jobs. That's fair. You know, Dan Housen has a lot of fans, and I'll give him that. He got a lot of fans, but I got just as many fans as he does. Mine are busy. Mine got got to go to work every day. Mine they got to come home to their wives. They got to find time for their mistresses and shit. Hmm. They ain't got time to get online and talk shit. You know, I, you know, it's funny. Guys with emojis that look like Pokemon are calling me fat when <laughs> I don't even know what they look like. It's, this it, is not. Uh, I mean, the, the, everyone hates a bully culture, but yet they're on there with a goddamn dragon sucking off a fucking sword, calling me fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the things. It's easy to be that keyboard warrior. You know, I, I remember growing up. If you talk smack to somebody, the wrong person, you got punched in the face, and you know that's how you learned. <laughs> That's my generation, man. We didn't take shit from nobody. Right. Now, if I punch somebody in the face. They're all sad and shit. They're like, oh, I got to go to my safe space. You know what my safe space is? It's called my house. I go home for that. I work out, and then I come to my garage, and I mind my own business, but yet I'm the guy telling you to, to fuck themselves at the same time. You know, I don't, I don't get it. I hate how people come out there in wrestling today and try to call themselves bad guys. Mm-hmm. Nobody's a really a bad – like, why would anybody – nobody thinks they're a bad guy. Nobody. Right. I don't. I think this is a horrible pun, but but Hitler was a piece of shit. But he thought he was doing right. Mm-hmm. He was a piece of shit mm-hmm. who got what he deserved. But he thought what he was doing right. Thanos in uh, Marvel, mm-hmm. like he was the bad guy, but he thought what he was doing was saving us all. Mm-hmm. So no bad guy thinks they're bad. Every everyone thinks they're the hero. It's always a matter it's of perspective. A perspective. Who's telling the story? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I'm sure you get other situations where you look at people reading the Bible. They think Jesus is the bad guy. You know, or or Allah or whoever. It's it's perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm a, I'm a regular guy. I live in a town of 536 people. I mind my own goddamn business. I mow my yard. I actually name a professional wrestler that actually mows their own yard. Uh, I know one, and that's you. And that's, <laughs> that's all that I got. I mow my own yard. I was out here in my garage tinkering. I actually own my home because of professional wrestling. I don't rent an apartment nice. where I come home every night and play fucking Xbox. I don't play Xbox. I drink alcohol. I watch the goddamn Cincinnati Reds or the Ohio State Buckeyes, depending mm-hmm. on the season. Mm-hmm. And then when my friend, when I got, when I'm not wrestling, I go to bars. And I talk to people I find attractive. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a fucked up world. 
Mm-hmm. Like, heaven forbid if anybody drinks and has a good time. Right. Thanks, Phil Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things, though, that, like, you know, it, it ties into the, the culture we live in because they want to, you know, everybody's got to play nice. You mentioned the NBA, and I'm going to get on a mini soapbox here for just a second. How I loved basketball growing up. It was my hands-down favorite sport to watch. And now – like, there's no rivalry in basketball. There's no hatred of one another. Like the Pistons and Celtics literally wanted to kill each other like on the court. They were ready yeah. to fight every game. And that, you know, whole, oh, this is my buddy, this is my pal, you know, I, I can't do this stuff. It you know, it softens things. And that's that's the culture we live in that's softer now. I mean, I'm I have a similar raising from you. I grew up in a town of about 300 people. You can tell this North Alabama accent runs real deep, uh, but it's one of those things that, you know, I was raised to appreciate things, to, you know, fix what you have, to, you know, earn your keep, you know, work hard. And that's one of the things that, like I said, the keyboard warriors are sitting in their basement and, you know, want to troll people, want to tell you what you're doing wrong, what's wrong with you, but you can't say anything to me. I'm, I'm, I'm fragile. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot to goes wrong with the world today is their political stance. I'm in the middle. I'm a libertarian. I believe what's mine is mine and what's yours is fuck off. Yeah. It's kind of how I look at life. Uh, there ain't no bigger pussies in the world than the extreme left and the extreme right. They're both pussies. Yeah. Mind your own goddamn business. There it is. Yep. And that's, that's my stance. You know, I I was raised to be that, you know, you take care of you and yours, you know, they, they, and them, you know, over there, you know, let them worry about their own and, you know, enjoy your freedom. (laughs) Oh, you know, I get a lot of, I I get people that think, you know, like I I think that, that gay people should be able to do what they want to do. I think people that own guns should do that responsibly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's and that's the thing that you know, people. If you're a genuine person to other people, it would go such a long way. But is there a at this at this stage uh, in your career, sixteen years in? Is there? I mean, what do you have left? I mean, as far as goals, as far as I mean, where where you're heading, man? I just want to make as much money as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. that's why i'm in the I, you know i pay my bills with pro wrestling sorry i mean how many how many nights a week are you running well i you know i do a lot of stuff behind the, behind the scenes and i get paid for that i don't wrestle as much as i used to because i'm i don't i feel like if i oversaturate myself i'm actually doing more harm to myself that's there's a big problem with wrestling today is is there's a lot of those oversaturation like you remember when we were growing up we saw hawk hogan we never saw him on tv for free unless we watched saturday night's main event yep um there's a lot of guys that will wrestle seven eight nine days a week but they're but they're not leaving 20 mile radius and don't understand why people don't care about them you need to pick a town. You need to wrestle once in that town. And I mean, I'm not going to tell guys what to do. Pick a town, wrestle one place in that town, and leave it be. Because remember, if the Beatles came to your hometown and played 
for a month straight every night of the week, the Beatles being great as they are, no one's going to give a shit about it by weekend. Because they're like, well, goddamn, I'll go see them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot of oversaturation, but I just want to make as much money as I possibly can before I get out. And I don't know when I'm getting out. Only God knows when that is. Yeah. But uh, no, it ain't too far. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't and, think I can handle these goddamn kids. Flipping around. I mean, bunch of bunch of damn kids. Right, right. Now you're you're a big uh, you're a big Buckeye fan. I'm a big uh, Ohio State, the Ohio State University fan. Yes. uh, My uh, one of my favorite linebackers of all time came out of Ohio State. Short run in the NFL. Do you remember Andy Katzenmoyer? Oh come on, man! We 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 all knew the guy who could hit but couldn't read or write. We knew. I still remember Andy Katzmore trucking that Michigan linebacker, that Michigan running back at one time. Then they lose the game 13 to 7, so it didn't matter. But I remember Andy Katzmore. That's great, man. That's that's yeah, you're dying. I was I was man, I, every year there's a college there's a college player that 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 jumps out to me. And man, that year that Katz jumped out to me. I went, yeah, no, I'm Ohio State all year this year. So oh yeah, we had we had Chase Young a couple years ago, which was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, he was murdering people, boy. I'll tell you that. Like <laughs> no taking joke. over games. Yeah, yeah. doing it now too. So. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I keep up with everything Ohio State. I watch Ohio State recruiting. I keep up with it. Uh, I live ten minutes from Ohio University in Athens, so I, I go to some of their games because I grew up in Athens County. Joe Burrow's dad coached it up there at Ohio University because we our towns are about ten minutes apart from each other. Okay. So when I talk about the seven four zero, seven four zero is southeastern Ohio. When he was when he got drafted, he had that seven four zero T shirt with the state of Ohio, and I just love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. A lot of pride there. Even though I'm a Steeler fan, I get a lot of shit for that. <laughs> but him being a Bengal, that's gonna that's just gonna suck. Yeah, I have to cheer, not not cheer for him. <laughs> well, don't you? You still got to You can still got to pull for the guy, though, right? You still got to cheer for. You cheer I for hope Joe. he throws for four hundred yards and he loses. Yeah. <laughs> Six touchdowns and loses like 49 to 48. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. where, where, uh, where, where can, I know, I know Al's already, he's already been scoring your t-shirts. Where can everybody else score your, score your merch brother? Well, you guys need to go to indieconnection.com. It's a, uh, it's, it's like pro wrestling tees.com, but they give you a little bigger. They take care of the boys a little better. They take care of us. Uh, just go to indieconnection.com, type in my name, Jock Sampson. I got a whole bunch of T-shirts. If you want a slamio where I motherfuck someone in your life, it's like a cameo, but it's better because it's slamio. Right. <laughs> but you can see all that and get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I, and I know everyone's wife's out there have been Snapchatting me. And- <laughs> <laughs> and everyone been hitting me up. So, but, uh, yeah. And what, uh, I mean, obviously we know we got, uh, we got Dan Housen coming up. You're going to put something on his yep. ass. And I got, got, Dan got after Dan Housen. Well, I got a show July 10th in Buffalo, New York for Buffalo championship wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. wrestling bad boy, Brian Jennings there. I basically called the entire, uh, city of Buffalo, New York. I renamed it pussy town because <laughs> everyone up there is a pussy. <laughs> then July 17th, I got, uh, 
I, the next day after uh, conquest, I got IWC in Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, a little suburb of uh, Pittsburgh. And I, I've got a, a match against a fellow by the name of Balk Nasty. IWC is a big promotion. You can see that on Fight TV. Yep. Okay. Um, and then I think I go on vacation for two weeks. My wife's making me go to goddamn Florida. Oh. I hate Florida. I live in Ohio. I live in heaven enough. <laughs> My wife's in Florida right now. She asked me to go with her. I said, why would I want to leave? I hate Florida. It's just ugly. My go, I stay with my in-laws. They don't like, they don't drink. They, you know, they make you go to church on your vacation. I just want to, I just want to go sit and uh, sit by a pole and get shit faced. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't ask for a lot in my life. No. <laughs> simple simple things are easy, brother. I just want to get drunk by a goddamn pool and, 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 you know, fuck off for the rest of the day. But I can't do that because I got to go to fucking church on a Wednesday. <laughs> on my vacation. Ain't nothing wrong with going to church, but when I'm on vacation, I don't want to go to fuck church. <laughs> yeah. It's all fucking yeah, vacation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's in fucking Florida. So it ruins it. Al, you got, uh, I know you got a buddy up in Buffalo. Well, yeah, I do some trading with some guys in Buffalo, and I'm, I'm anxious to message him after this, uh, see if he will be at the event, because I'm curious. He is a another redheaded owl himself, but uh, he enjoys some good wrestling. And uh, So he's an owl. He's he's what Paul Simon been singing about all these years. Right, right. <laughs> if you be my bodyguard, I will be your long-lost pal. <laughs> I had that as a ringtone for yep. so long. Multi-talented. I want to renew that video with and I'll be Chevy Chase with Paul Simon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> See, I'm not so goddamn uncultured. <laughs> Not at all, brother. Not at all. Uh, Al, you got any other? You, I know you got you got your notebook and notes, brother. You got anything else you want to hit, Jack? With? Well, well, the the you know the last I guess big thing um, that I wanted to kind of touch on with you is with all the COVID and everything that affected us, and hopefully that we're getting some relief now, and crowds are coming back, and you're you know. How was it performing? Because I know you guys still were working, you know, pro wrestling conquests, you know, things like that, you know, still working, trying to keep, you know, entertainment going, trying to keep the reps up, trying to keep a promotion going. How did COVID affect you as far as, you know, missing that fan reaction, missing the, you know, the energy in there? Well, to be honest with you, I, enjoyed the time off probably the more people would actually admit like i had more fun sitting in this goddamn garage well i didn't have more fun but i had a really good time because i got to spend time with my wife well the wife (laughs) and i got to be with my kid and i don't realize how much i've missed by being on the road all these years with her she's seven now I got to do a lot of stuff that I didn't get to. I got to go inner tube rafting last year, like three or four times. I was on the Ohio River. I live right on the Ohio River now. Yeah. And I got to head out there on a boat. Got to go to a river lot, do redneck things with my my, my, my redneck buddies down there on the river. Drink bush light, get fucked up. <laughs> you know, we, I bought about because we got a week till Fourth of July, but we had about four grand in the fireworks last year. And we had a big show for the entire neighborhood. We only got like a thousand into it now, which is a lot, but compared to what we did last year, but you know, 
I, I missed wrestling, but I didn't miss it to where it was everything. Yeah. Wrestling, I, I, you know, you'll never see me get online saying, boy, I miss wrestling. I miss my art. I tell you, I miss the money, sure, but mm-hmm. I got to be with my kid. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm still trying to see where people think you're a bad guy because you just seem like the most genuine person, like in wrestling to me. Like that's that. And that's, that's very powerful stuff because, you know, that a lot of people, I will say it again, you know, the, the, the lesser character ones, you know, seem to struggle with that and, you know, talk about like, well, there's no fans, there's no energy taking these bumps, you know, taking these bruises on my body, still trying to entertain. And I know it was mainly the mainstream guys, your AEWs, WWEs trying to work through all this pandemic because they have TV contracts and, you know, trying yeah. to maintain things like that. And I was just curious of how it affected you. So I'm, I'm really happy for you that that was because I know now being a father and just missing time, like I've just recently in the past couple of weeks went back to work and, you know, I come home and it's like, well, he's changed. <laughs> he's already changed today. He's grown some more. So, you know, that's, that's awesome that you got to do that. You got to hang out with family, friends. So, um, I mean, that's, that's tremendous that you see it, you know, more as a blessing than a curse. So. I, I, you know, and I feel bad for guys when, when they feel like wrestling is everything. Uh, maybe at one time in my life, I might've felt that way, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you don't have your family, then what you got, right. You know what, <laughs> you know, I, I love my family and friends, but for all you people out there that don't like me, fuck you. <laughs> I hope your Fourth of July fucking sucks. I'm gonna shoot five or six of them off and scare your fucking dog. <laughs> Fuck you, goddamn pussy. <laughs> uh, I, I I think that's uh, that's about as good of a spot for us for us to conclude here, man. Again, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, and and we'll get together again down the road, my friend. Appreciate y'all. Thank, thank you very you, much. Thank you. Thank you, man.